Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for the other another installation of our Thought Leaders Roundtable. Today's topic is keeping new members engaged, which I'm sure everyone's dying to know how to do. <laughs> um, we have another great uh, group of panelists joining us today, so I'm going to have you each go around and introduce yourselves, share a little bit about your club, and a fun fact about yourself. So, Maria, we'll start with you. Hi, everybody. My name is Maria Gonzalez. I am the CEO of Club Fitness Greensboro. We are two fitness facilities in Greensboro, North Carolina. And a fun fact about me, I um, took back roller skating almost after like 20 years of not doing it. So first time doing it again, I was, you know, a little concerned that I wasn't going to be able to keep my balance. But almost like everything came back to not never stopping. So I have been enjoying getting my, some of my cardio workout through um, roller skating again. That's awesome. I would definitely injure myself if I tried to do that. <laughs> Jersey, we'll go to you next. Hey everybody, my name is Jersey. I am the owner and operator of Refuel Bootcamp. Currently have two locations here in Niceville and Fort Walton Beach, Florida, also in the middle of franchise. So be on the lookout for a refuel near you. Uh, excited to be here today. A uh, fun fact about me that most people don't know that I am a published author. And uh, that's kind of a little fun fact, I guess. So that's really all I got. <laughs> awesome. Colleen? I'm Colleen Kennedy. I'm the Director of Sales, Director of Membership um, of the Houstonian Club in Houston, Texas. Um, fun fact about me is that I have been with the Houstonian for 39 years, wow. and 27 of those years I've been in the membership director role, and I still teach group exercise classes. Um, I'm one of the only step instructors left in the United States of America, I think. Um, I'm still teaching steps. So anyway, that's my fun fact. Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and get things started here. Hopefully Jacob can join us. Um, but just to kind of start, I wanted to learn a little bit more about how your facilities are kind of marketing to new members, enrolling them, and kind of managing their expectations of their membership. And Jersey, we'll start with you on this one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So uh, what? how I get uh, new clients uh, in both doors is um, I run Facebook, Facebook ads constantly started on literally on the 2nd of January with a very eye catching um, ad um, and run some Google ads. But I'll tell you right now what I'm looking at uh, since we started running ads on January 2nd. I've gotten 134 leads at $5.11 a lead, which is really good on $684 uh, lead spend. So we get them in on a 28-day on a challenge uh, to break habits, get them into a routine. Uh, they meet with one of my head trainers. We go over their goals. We have them download an app so they can track all of their food. They got to follow some rules. And then the, the goal after the four weeks is over the 28 days is that we roll them, the, the, they roll right into the membership. Uh, it takes four to six weeks to uh, initially break that habit. And uh, <clears throat> with my program, with them showing up and booking all of our classes through Bofox, 
I can stay on top of them uh, each and every week to say, hey, look, you only showed up two times this week. We only showed up three times this week. But right now, you know, in January, February, March are the are the most crucial times of the year for us. It's so busy season. And we want to capitalize on as many people as possible. Uh, my program really consists of uh, everybody, but we're primarily 98% women. So I do target women and women only on the ads, which makes the, the, the cost of an ad a lot cheaper than, than sending an ad to everybody when that ad spend is going out. Um, also running Google ads as well, just to drive traffic to the website. We're not really targeting anybody with a special ad like I do on Facebook. Um, Facebook is a little bit more targeted than Google. Uh, I want to drive more traffic to the website. And by running ads, it puts me at the top when people are searching fitness, boot camp, group training, heart rate monitor, whatever it may be. It puts me at the top of Google as a suggested um, business that they're trying to look for. And hopefully the search words that I did put in there will, will attract them. So that's all we're doing uh, right now. Um, the first batch of the 28-day people, uh, I, we signed up uh, 37 new clients at the, at, at the Fort Walton studio, and 34 of them stayed on board. So that is a huge uh, return on investment and uh, EFT draft increase for the for the month month of March. So we're excited. Awesome, Colleen. I'll go to you next. Yes. Um, so um, we're a little bit different because uh, uh, people have to apply for membership and get approved for membership. There's an application process. So in terms of Really advertising, it's more of just image, imagery, image, like we're the Houstonian, you know, live better, you know, and everything says apply for membership. Um, but uh, the, we, we um, are doing print ads in upscale um, neighborhoods near us because the, the print shelf, the shelf life is a full month long. And those are our members, and that works very, very well. Um, and just social media, and then Google ads. But again, it's more of, you know, just a statement. But that's really uh, as far as getting, you know, uh, new leads that my sales managers work. Um, they have to each sell seven memberships a month. So to close seven memberships a month, they have to work approximately. 40 leads each. And so, um, and then people moving into the neighborhood, we do have those lists and we send them a, like a gorgeous, beautiful uh, package and um, welcoming, welcoming them to the neighborhood and, you know, telling them that we're here and that they can apply for membership. So it's all apply, not you can join, you apply. Awesome, Maria. So we do uh, member referrals. I would say that we try to use that as much as possible. You know, like your own members would always be the best ones to uh, bring their friends or their families. Um, we also use um, Google, YouTube, um, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so we, we're using some of, of those options. Um, this year we have done print and we have also done TV. 
so just trying just to target, you know, um, through different venues and, you know, and just trying just to bring people in in different ways. Awesome. Um, for our attendees, oh, go ahead, Jersey. So just to go a little bit more elaborate on this, because um, I'm huge when it comes to marketing, constantly marketing each and every month. This is the best advice I can give everybody because you don't want to waste your money. You have, you have to know who your demographic target is. So for example, how do I know this, what my demographic target is? Because I pull reports of all the data that's inside my, my Glowfox, or if you guys use ABC Financial or MindBody or whatever it may be. But I just know my demographic. My demographic, again, is 98% women, and they range from 35, 35 to, to, 40, to 42. So I'm targeting that demographic of 35 to 42 where opposed if I don't want to set an ad from any, anything less than that because I'm kind of just wasting money so it's important that you know who your clientele is and who you are targeting yeah it's very important um, for everyone watching today if you have any questions during today's chat you can send those in the Q&A or chat we should be able to get those um, towards the end but to really dive into this, I saw a statistic that said on average, people quit and rejoin the gym five to seven times. And I know after the beginning of the new year, fitness is kind of top of mind for everyone, but it kind of fades as life happens. So how can you help your new members make exercise at your facility a priority and really make it part of a routine? And Maria, we'll start with you on this one. So we are in the people business, right? And, and I think that's one thing that we always have to remember, you know, how are we um, making our clubs that space where people can share with others, where people can meet with other people. Yes, we can be their support system. We can be their accountability, um, offer programs. But at the end of the day, they're going to continue to come back because they're going to be meeting their friends. Sometimes we become that space where we um, are spending more time with them than their own families. Sometimes they are live by themselves and we are their families. So um, it is important for us to create an environment that is inviting, that is welcoming, and that also creates spaces for people to be around other people. Um, and I would say after, you know, like going through the pandemic, you know, we see that all these well-being and it is not only to be active I think you know like depends of where people are um, it's important to embrace all of that some people may come just only for the social aspect of things some people may come um, to go and get a light workout some people are hardcore and may come two or three times a day so for me I, I would have to say that it is important to meet people where they are always think about them, not us, of what we want to do and um, create an environment that it's, it's, it's a community. Awesome. Colleen? So um, we create a club within a club <clears throat> when people join, become members. We really try to find what their niche is. Um, I had a new member, all new members must have an interview with me um, if they're not sponsored. And I had a meeting with a young couple today that just moved here and they really, they have small children and they don't know very many people. 
And so I've already got kind of a plan for them to get connected with other moms, you know, that come at the same time, you figure out when they come, you know, what they're interested in, whether they're, you know, what really we try to just figure out exactly where they'll fit. And then we try to help them fit there. And um, our members, um, you know, I, again, I started here in as a membership director 27 years ago. And, um, you know, we've increased our initiation fee gradually every year because I feel that the, the value of the membership is that initiation fee. And they, you know, they pay anywhere from 15000 to 33000 to join. So if you're going to spend $33,000, you have to know that this is going to be something you're going to use. And we have those discussions. I don't want them to spend $33,000 to join and not come. Um, so we really get them connected. And our members continually say, this is their home away from home, or this is their, you know, their, their, they have their home, then they have the Houstonian. And, and um, I've actually used home away from home, but they kind of are getting too comfortable here. I would say, like putting their feet up on the couch or, you know, I'm like, no, we're not going to use that anymore. Um, we're just going to try to really engage everybody. And um, I think the price point for this membership is entirely um, part of the commitment we, they have. And they cannot leave their membership unless they have a medical inactivation or they move 100 miles or more away from Houston. So if they're not using the club, they either are a member or they're not a member. Those are the two choices. So that helps, of course. Awesome. Jersey? What type of gym is this that collects $33,000? I need to up my prices. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is, you, that we, is awesome. Been working many, many years. Um, when I first started, um, we had 300 memberships and the initiation fee was $1,250. Now we have 5,000 and the initiation Jeez. fee is 33. We didn't get there overnight. It's taken a lot of work. I have a hard time getting a $49 processing fee. <laughs> awesome. Wow. You learn something new every day. I'm going to my prices tomorrow. <laughs> Today. All right. So, um, Everything they just said, I truly believe about community, creating that culture. I've created the culture in both of my studios since day one. If you create a place where they feel comfortable, inviting, they don't feel judged or overwhelmed, they will keep coming back. With my program being small, I'm compared more to an F45 or an Orange Theory. We're a small group training facility program. You book on an app, one, so we know who's coming. Two, I know who's canceling, and I have this rule. If you are not seen in a week, you're going to get a text message automated from the system. Sends it out. Hey, Jackie, we haven't seen you in a week. What's going on? Why aren't you here? And then the message will come back. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, my, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tap in and say, nope, sounds like an excuse. I'll see you tomorrow. And then I see the booking happen. So, again, it's, it's staying on top of them. I... I have, I have between both studios, I have 438 clients. Uh, I don't have tons like everybody else. So it's a lot easier for me to manage 
um, smaller amounts than, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 members um, and whatnot. So again, it's, it's staying on top of them, uh, making them feel special, make them feel a part of something. You know, I, I do the 50, I do 100, I do 200 and I do 500 classes. So they get rewarded at each of those milestones because everybody wants to hit small little goals. It's, well, you know what the big picture is, but it's all about achieving the small little milestones. And that's what's going to boost morale. And they feel good about themselves and they want to keep showing up. So that's what we, that's what I do. Yeah, I kind of want to go back to the statistic that started this question is people are going to quit five to seven times in their life. So I think a good thing for clubs to consider is what is your cancellation process? Because if people have to go through 20 steps, like writing a letter or you have to come in to cancel and you're creating all these roadblocks for members, if they cancel, they're eventually going to rejoin a gym, but it's probably not going to be your gym. So it might be something to consider as well. Jacob, thank you for joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Jacob. Uh, <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, my apologies for being late. Computer wanted to uh, have a little fun on me before we got started, so my apologies there. Uh, my name is Jacob Thomas, uh, owner of Razor Shark Fitness. We have two clubs uh, in Racine, Wisconsin, one big box club, 47,000 square feet, and one smaller club, about 11,000 square feet. And um, excited to be on the call. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, we are just talking about how new members, how to help new members make exercise a priority at your facility. Is there any insights you'd like to share on this? Um, you know, I think what, what I heard the question um, that we're working on is, is that one in regards to members um, joining and, and leaving gyms five to seven times. And um, what we really focus on is, is we talk about how we can get the um, uh, the the our core values uh, around the member journey, and so we focus on three big things: results, fun, and community. And so it starts right even before they walk in the door uh, in regards to how we can get them involved in each of these three. So from the community standpoint, um, and we started right on that tour and right sitting down and getting to know them, is we tell them when you become a member of Razor Shark Fitness, we are going to surround you with a fitness team. And that fitness team is going to be people that are going to help you through your fitness journey exactly where you want to go. Um, for instance, if you are interested in group exercise classes, you're going to have the instructor of that group exercise class and the group exercise manager um, that are going to be a part of your community immediately, get you set up with them. And they're going to walk you through to that first class that you get signed up for. Um, if you're interested in, uh, you know, uh, uh, performance training, then you'll have a personal trainer and uh, the performance uh, manager that'll be over that. And they'll walk you through each of those areas and, and ultimately then make sure that you stay connected to those spaces all through uh, your journey in there as well. So building that community right off the bat. Um, then we talk about results. Um, what we found uh, through our medallia surveys and through research is that results is that number one reason of why people are going to still stay and leave the club. Uh, and so for us, the results is now very, very widespreading from, um, you know, 
back in the day was, hey, I want weight loss and get stronger and those kind of things. Now it's um, improve confidence, alleviate stress, social engagement, uh, and really that that list goes on and on uh, in regards to what people's true stress or true results are now. And so we want to meet them exactly where they are. So sit down, get to know them, um, where where they want uh, to utilize their membership and where they want to go with it, and then how we can be a part of that. Um, but then talk about what results they're looking for and how we can actually show those results um, through all, all of our different facets, whether that's technology um, and whether it's, you know, just getting to know them and, and hearing how they're feeling and, and some of those kind of things too. And then our last but not least is fun. And, you know, for everybody on this call, raise your hand if you like to work out. Yeah, right. That, so we're the minority in regards to that right now. Uh, I saw a recent study that showed uh, that 4% of the population enjoys working out. And we have about 21% of the population in, in health clubs. So we have a really significant gap between enjoying working out and being actual members of the club, which is why we're seeing, I think a lot of times it's five to seven times people are joining. They're looking for what's going to actually make it fun for them. What's going to have them coming back? So um, for us, we really focus on that fun aspect. How do we create spaces that our members can find a way to make exercising fun, creating events, creating the gamification that Jersey talked about uh, a little bit as well, building relationships inside the club, um, and then creating challenges, trying to find a way that exercise can be a way um, to, again, to have, have fun and enjoy it, even though it's hard work. And for us, 4% that really enjoy it, that's not what it's like for everybody else. So, um, and then even more things, how can we make our spaces not necessarily only exercise related? How can we make them, hey, we use the sauna to enjoy your time and use, um, get a massage and those kind of things uh, to help utilize our space for not just exercise um, and hopefully help for a little bit of the fun side too. Awesome, thank you, Jacob. <clears throat> For a lot of new members, um, when they come into your gym, it's their first time really taking this chance of getting into exercise, getting into workouts, and gyms can be very scary. And in order for them to be successful, they have to make behavior modification changes. You can't just do everything you're doing and expect results, right? So what role do gyms kind of play in helping members achieve that? Um, behavior modification and how do you encourage it at your facilities? And Maria, we'll start with you. Well, you said that question kind of like relates with the other one. And it's just like, you know, like meeting people where they are. Um, I think to Jacob's point, um, you have that small part of the population, which normally they're going to always find what they want. Mm -hmm. It's just the people who are not um, comfortable being sore, or they don't want to work hard. They don't want someone yelling at them. They want someone that can understand them, that pretty much will walk along their way and is going to encourage them. Um, so, so it is very important to have um, staff that can relate to that, um, that it's going to have the knowledge to help people of different skill levels and ages. Uh, to have different options because not everybody can do everything. So it's just finding how we can spread our um, offers and our programs to go from 
really, really basic or even below basic of what we can think and then start building from there. Awesome. So really meet people where they are and have your staff reflect the people inside your facility as well. Yes. Jersey? Well, everything she just said was was pretty spot on. And uh, I'm a huge advocate for mental health um, only because of my background and and what I've been through and, and how fitness saved my life. Uh, my program ranges anywhere from 13 is my youngest client to my oldest is 79. So you're dealing with so many different types of, of behaviors and mentality uh, in, a, in a space that's 1,200 square feet. So I do weekly training with my trainers to be able to help guide a lot of these uh, people where they need to be. And you always got to reassure them. Everybody wants results right now, right? Raise your hand. Right. We all want instant gratification right now. So when people are joining these programs, they're joining, they're going to get results in a week. No, the realization is, no, you're going to be sore for the first two weeks. You have to overcome that and we have to remind them. So I, I believe that it's important that you stay on top of a new person. It's crucial for them because they will dip out in the first 21 days. I text a new client seven times in the first 21 days. Hey, how was your workout today? Are we, are we hydrating? Are we stretching? Oh, I feel I, I'm okay. Two days later, I'll send another message. Hey, how are we feeling? Oh, I couldn't get off the toilet bowl or my legs are hurting. And I'm like, Hey, that's, that's normal. It's all going to come with it. And then I'll send them a text again, like the next day. Hey, are we starting to, are we starting to work on some of your eating habits? It's all about taking small steps and always remind them of the big picture that, that these little steps will lead up to this big picture. But if we can change their mindset a little bit, it will get easier and easier over time. But I truly believe staying on top of people is going to be really the, the key to them seeing the results they want. Because we all want to quit something. We all want to start something and we all want to quit. It's us, us as leaders and, and advocates of, of this stuff to stay on top of them so that they keep showing up and that they feel good and reminding them that, hey, you will get there, but you have to get through this tough time right now. And that's going to change the mindset, that behavior mindset. So that's all I got. Yeah, I like that you have multiple touch points with the new members because what people really need is support, but also accountability because you can walk into a gym and be like, no one really knows if I come today, but making that touch point be like, hey, I missed you in class today. It makes a member realize like, oh, people do really want me here. They realize I'm not here. So it's awesome that you do that. And, th and this is what separates the boutique studios from your big, your big box gym and, and Again, there's been some um, podcasts or so. How many big box gyms have learned from the boutique studios that we just do? We just do it a little. Not I wouldn't say better, but we we don't have we don't have as many people to focus on. So we we want we we focus on the personal touch, and that's a that I think that's what boutique studios do best is that we can focus on the client a little bit more because I don't have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 members, you know? So 
I like to go the extra extra mile one because I know how crucial it is in the first couple of weeks to keep that member client for a long period of time. So, yeah, Colleen, we'll go to you next. Um, okay, so um, we kind of are a big box gym, but we're not. It's hard to explain, but um, we have five thousand memberships, which is fifteen thousand people. Um, uh, individuals, and um, we have approximately 2,000 uh, members that walk through the club every day. Um, so when you talk about behavior modification, one of the things I have focused on since 1984 and being here since 1984 is um, um, helping our members get to a healthier place. That's the goal. And um, we have six weeks old, all the way to, you know, we have some members that are 99, 100, wow. you know, so, so there, there is a place for every single person and um, the staff touches the lives of every single person that walks through the club every single day. So if it's a baby in a stroller, we're smiling at the baby. We're like, hi, you know, you're here, <laughs> you know, if the, and many of those babies were, their mother's womb while while I was teaching exercise so they already know my voice and then it and then you take it all the way up to our older population and they they go to the restaurant they celebrate birthdays um they they are to they're together you know there's like I talk about building a club within a club that's what we try to do is build that club within a club I think um the neatest thing though too is when you're talking about behavior modification when they come here um you know like when you go to a home depot or a lowe's you're like everybody there is fixing their house you know they're all in the same mindset well when they come to the houstonian they just feel healthier by walking in the door they're like oh i'm at the houstonian okay now i can relax so um and some people, it, it is more focused on results, but um, for many of our members, it, and, and it's moving in that direction more and more, it's more about mental health and being, at a, being in a happier environment because once they drive out of this beautiful property, they're in the world and, you know, people are angry on the freeways and you know, they're experiencing stress. And so they come here to just de-stress. And then, um, so the behavior modification piece is wherever they walk in this building that somehow, you know, the what we sell or what we offer is supporting a healthier lifestyle. So that's, that's basically what we try to do. Awesome. Jacob? You know, kind of breaking down what behavioral modification is, is first it's it's the behavioral part of it. And and what Maria um, kind of talked about is, is meeting them where they are. And I think that's a really important piece to think about that, you know, okay, it, it's this is a behavior. If we're creating as this, this discussion is, is a lot about the habit. And so um, the behavioral part of that is really important. And how do we fit into these people's lives? And that can come from, you know, the number of times that they come, uh, how long they're going to be there, of course, what they're going to do when they're, when they're there, when they're at the club. Um, 
and in in all the different facets that that they can essentially get affected by inside of it to affect that behavior. And then we break down the modification part. Modification means essentially that we're changing something. Now, it doesn't matter if we're talking about that 4% of people that really love working out um, and or the 96% that maybe don't and, and so on and so forth. Um, no, and no matter if they just moved into town and they've been a regular gym goer for a long time or they just changed jobs or whatever it is, that there's going to be a true modification for them joining your club. And where we can meet them is to have an understanding of what that means to them. What was their behavior before? And now that they joined you, how do they want that, that behavior to be modified? And so, um, you know, really sitting down and breaking that. And so not only meeting where they are, but then going back and being like, okay, what was it before? Why did your behavior change or break in the past? And how can we overcome that? Or what situation are you in now that has affected your change or has brought you to us? And now you need to find a new behavior pattern because you're at a new place or uh, or other situations have changed. So really just sitting down and getting to know them um, and then trying to really find that way of how it fits best in there instead of, oh, well, the only way you're going to get results is coming five days a week. And it's, don't get me wrong, that would be amazing for us to be able to get. It's very unlikely that that happens, especially for a new person coming in the door. So really making sure that we fit um, all of those different parameters into this behavioral modification uh, so that it really fits uh, with what they're looking for. Awesome. You've all kind of talked a lot about mental health. So I want to jump to that really quick. More and more people are exercising and moving their bodies to get the mental health benefits of it. I feel like it's less and less, I need to lose 20 pounds and I just need to relax and unwind and clear my head for a little bit. So that's why I'm coming to the gym. So how do you all, first of all, are you all seeing that at your facility? And if so, kind of how are you engaging members who are coming into the facility with that perspective instead of like fitness goals? So Colleen, we'll start with you on this one. Well, um, we're very fortunate uh, um, because I, I signed up a member he joined maybe three years ago. His name is James Flowers. You can Google him. I had no idea when he applied for membership that he was who he was. Anyway, we connected very, very well. And he now is our top one, top spender for the property. And he's moved into one of our office buildings and people fly in from all over the world to work with James Flowers because he's a mental health expert, and he really helps people change their behaviors. And he happens to be up in the gym every day working out. And so he does some um, lunch and learns for our, like for our members. Um, but uh, yeah, and we have meditation, of course, uh, within our program, our yoga program. Um, so that's part of it. But yeah, mental health, you know, we, we've had many discussions with him. Um, and um, even here on our property, we've been doing mental health uh, seminars for our managers to help our employees. I mean, this pandemic and everything that's going on um, worldwide, it, that mental health is a, a, an all-time high. We're very aware of that. And so part of that is, is just your service. 
and you know when people come in and recognizing um that you know he may just not be having a good day maybe i'll just grab him a starbucks coffee or you know just really and then they're like wow you know i love this place you know i i need this and um and then having of course uh dr flowers just do the the seminars they fill up very very quickly there's no charge for them um, just lunch and learn. And it could be for kids. It could be for adults. Um, and, and we use him for many of our testimonials. I like that idea of kind of combining mental health in with physical health in your facility. So that's awesome. Jacob, we'll go to you next. Yeah. And so kind of off Colleen, I agree. I think, I think just our service um, is, is a true opportunity um, for us to be able to do that. And, and, um, just again, kind of meeting people where they are and then getting an understanding of what it really looks like. And I think even the people that are walking in the doors, I don't know that they always know where they are with it. Um, and so it, it's our opportunity just to really get to know them. Um, and, and our biggest goal of, you know, the idea of personalization and that is matching them up in an area or with an individual that we feel is just going to pair up well with personality and with these kind of things. So, um, so I think that's how we, I think we can do a really good job of, of that personalization, connecting them with other members who, you know, are, are, you know, maybe talk about those same things or things that they focus on and, and things like that. But I think it's really a lot about our, our individual service to them um, and understanding what their needs are to be able to uh, have a better prescription of where they can go. Awesome. Jersey? Well, I love mental health. Uh, I'm a big advocate of it. One, because of my background. Uh, I'm a 17 recovering heroin addict and fitness saved my life a long time ago. So I've been in debt to it ever since. And so it is part of our onboarding process or when somebody comes and is interested in, in either location and we don't, we, yeah, we talk about the fitness aspect, but we're more about the mental health. Hey, fitness is the key to helping with depression, anxiety, uh, self-dysmorphia, addiction. Uh, so it is part of our onboarding tour. Well, I don't want to say tour, but you come try a free class. You got to meet with that trainer. That trainer's going to go over your goals. And then they'll be like, hey, you know, are you suffering with depression or anything like that? Uh, because it, it is huge. And for me, it's huge. And uh, all of my clients know what I've been through only because uh, I share it. Uh, I didn't share it up uh, up until a couple of years ago. I was very, because uh, where I live, it's very judgmental here in this little, little towns where I live. Uh, and then when my book came out, uh, then it was all out. And then I was like, you know what, why am I hiding behind this? You know, it's, it's, it's a disease uh, that can be, I feel that can be cured with the, with the right type of stuff. Um, and so for me, mental health is huge. And I do uh, seminars once a month uh, with a lot of the, the, the clients just to remind them, hey, that not only, yeah, you're going to lose weight and you're going to get strong, but it's more than just that. It's, it's important that we keep our mind, body, and soul all together. So, and, and yeah, since pandemic, 
people are working longer, they're making less, and they're stressed out. So the fitness is a, is a huge component to that. But you don't realize how many people you have in your studios or gyms that are that are addicts or dealing with depression or anxiety. And, and by you giving them a place where they feel comfortable and they're getting what they need, you're actually helping them. So, yeah, that, that's my big take on mental health. Yeah, I was talking to another fitness operator in the industry, and he put it a really great way that the pandemic made everyone be still and be silent. So all they were left with was their own thoughts and their own self. So that made a lot of people be like, whoa, when everything kind of comes to a stop, am I happy with just being in my head? And just like playing and moving your body and just people saw more of the instant gratification of fitness during the pandemic because they had nothing else to do. It wasn't like, oh, I got to get this 20 minute workout in on my lunch break and then grind, 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 grind. It was, I'm going to go for a walk and be in nature. And then, wow, I feel way better after that. What happens when you just kind of take a step back? So I think finding programs and finding ways to help your members kind of have that aha moment in their everyday lives will be really, really positive. Maria, we'll go to you next. So for us, we have, you know, some of the workshops, we do have a life coach. Um, but what I'm seeing um, recently is like more people wanted it to come and have, you know, even a membership just to go and sit in the sauna or in the steam room or going and go to the hot tub. They're not even looking to go and get a workout. For them, it will be just, you know, like that moment of unwinding from the business or from the everyday. Uh, sometimes they might want to just come and get a smoothie and sit down or have someone that is just smiling to them and um, listening to them. So just think that it's, um, it is very important for like everyone on our teams to be mindful of um, what are we seeing? What are we noticing when people are coming? Um, a lot of times people just want to talk to someone. So um, are we asking questions? You know, are we taking the time to talk to them? Um, just making sure that when people are coming through our doors, they're feeling that same welcome that um, our staff does when um, they do recognize that, you know, member that comes all the time. So just having a, that consistent experience, no matter who that person is through the door is extremely, extremely important. But um, I think to Jersey's point, you know, um, there's a lot of people coming through our doors with a lot of struggles. Um, and just the fact that you have someone that takes the time, you know, like those extra seconds, just to make that one-to-one -one connection and to say, you know, we're here for you. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we are helping, right? Like, you know, we know all the benefits to exercise and we know all the benefits to many things, but to your point, Taylor, at times I think we have to start thinking outside of our gym walls. We have to start thinking about encouraging people to go for those walks, to go on, you know, like go to walk the dog, to go into nature, to go and breathe fresh air, to go and take that sun, 
light, you know, when, when the day is nice outside. So I think at times we think about us as that only place and we cannot think about that anymore. We have to be the ones encouraging people to be healthy, not only in their bodies, but in their minds. So whatever that is, let's just encourage them to just be happy. Awesome. Thanks, Maria. A common theme I'm hearing you all say kind of with keeping new members engaged is your staff. You have to have great staff that are making these connections, are aware. My kind of question is, how are you training your staff to make these connections? Because it seems like hiring and keeping staff has also been a huge problem in our industry. So how are you making sure the ones you do have are making these important connections so you can in return keep your members? And Jersey, we'll start with you. Well, for me, I always believe you got to take care of your people. You take care of your people and they will stay with you for a long period of time. Uh, I have been blessed to not have um, much turnover, which has been great. I have a, I have head trainers that bounce back and forth between both studios and teach. Um, and you just, you got to trust the, the, these trainers and, and, and these people uh, because I was the owner operator that had to do everything. I had to do it all. And I just had to trust them that, okay, take some off my plate. Here you go. Here's a little bit of responsibility. Uh, we meet constantly. Uh, I have a head trainer who uh, deals with all of my operational stuff. And then I have another trainer that does all the trainer evaluations where he evaluates uh, all of the trainers to make sure that they're doing everything that I need them to do. Um, you know, making sure when, when they're showing up for work that they, they're smiling at the front door, they're greeting all of the clients that are walking in for the class, you know, so it's staying on top of them as well. But again, you want to create a place that they want to come to work to. And, and, that, and that's, what I, that's what I believe. Me being also a trainer, I'm in their shoes. So I understand. Yeah, they know I'm their boss, but we know how to how to how to interact with each other. We make things fun, but I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. I'm teaching classes every day, just like they are. So I'm, I'm in the trenches doing the same thing they are. So they all can relate. And but it but I truly believe instilling in your people, trusting the process, the little bit more that you step away and, and give them a little bit more responsibility, your business will thrive even more. And I've been a, a, a true witness to that. You just have to trust that people believe what you believe. So that's kind of all I really got. Awesome. Maria, we'll go to you next. So two things, uh, just make sure that you hire people that fit into your culture. I think that is extremely important. Um, it is easier to train um, into what what your business does than uh, just to train personalities. I think that one it's probably like I don't know. I have not been successful on changing personalities, so I don't know if any of you have. But um, training people who have good personalities that care sincerely about people. Um, that to me has to be like top priority when you're hiring for any department in your in your clubs. So that will be the most um, than just taking the time to train 
because you cannot have expectations if you're not taking the time to train or retrain. If they're failing, I would say before you point fingers, look at you and make sure that you did what you were supposed to. Um, and just creating creating that, that culture of care starts from the lead. And if you have people leading that um, point and don't show the way and walk with them, then it's going to be very hard. You know, I, I don't think, um, I don't think everybody feels inspired by um, having someone on the top that is not willing to pull their sleeves up and work with them at the same time. So I think um, it is important as we think about caring about our clients, what are the things that we're doing as leaders to help our staff to have the training that they need, have the tools that they need, so that way they can take care of our clients the way that we would like to. Awesome, great advice. Jacob, we'll go to you next. Yeah, I agree with Marie in regards to that. It, it really starts with um, that that onboarding aspect of it and finding people that that get the culture. And and so, you know, to make sure that everybody's on the same page and our, our onboarding, you know, the first one of the first things we talk about in our we do a member experience training with every one of our new uh, employees. And uh, the first thing we talk about is the value of an interaction. Uh, Ursa put out some really good stats um, not too long ago about um you know, why people leave, 68% of uh, members leave uh, because of an attitude of indifference from employees. 44% um, of all cancellations could be, um, could be reversed if every single one of our employees went out and talked to every single one of our members. Um, if we make one interaction today uh, with a member, they're 20% more likely to come to the club next month. If we make, if we can find a way to make four interactions um, in a visit, they're 80% more likely to come to the gym the next month. So we already start putting in this idea of how valuable um, an interaction is um, to, from our employees to um, our members. And then we start really digging into member experience training from what it means to to get that interaction. What does the interaction even really mean? Um, if you guys haven't checked out uh, the Chick-fil-A video, Every Life Has a Story, uh, we use that in our um, employee onboarding. And really it goes around to Chick-fil-A and talks about all the different stories of the customers and the employees that are in there. Um, it's really, really impactful. Uh, literally, I cry every single time I watch it. And uh, But it's a really great way for us to understand um, what it means to really get a good interaction um, with, with a member. And um, even more so, the kind of stories that we do have people walking in the club and in, in having. Um, and we talked about that from a mental health standpoint, uh, you know, there are, you don't know what one day to another, what's going on in people's lives. And um, in the better connection and interaction we have with them, the better the opportunity we have uh, to, to bring those out and then hopefully be able to make a bigger impact uh, in it as well. So um, again, really, really starts right from that onboarding process. Those are two really big ones we use um, to, to drive into our staff um, so that they can be looking for those interactions every day. Awesome. Colleen? So um, have you, I, I don't know. I can't wait to look at the Chick-fil-A video, Jacob. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know if you've read The Ideal Team Player. 
um, most wonderful book um, that has just saved all of us. So we're looking for staff that are hungry, humble, and smart. And the smart part is what you were just talking about, Jacob, you know, finding a way to, you know, um, anticipate members' needs and figure out where they are, you know. So anyway, um, whether you're a locker room attendant or whether you're the spa director, you have almost four different interviews um, that you go through to be here. And then on our campus, we have um, training, uh, you know, for like a two-day training so that they can learn our whole culture. And in your culture, you know, we have kind of Stephen Covey um, was our main person who helped us when he was alive um, with all of our training here. But um, we have a, a vision and, and a mission. The vision is passionately committed to serving others. And the, the vision is making people's lives better through business. And, and so we're, we're, we're working on that continually. And by working on that, um, we only, um, at the club, we only have about a 4% turnover of employees. Um, that's kind of what we're running. Um, and as members right now, we're at a, almost a 98% retention. Now, um, part of that is, you know, the service and the whole experience, but part of that is that the money that they paid in. <laughs> you either are a member or you're not a member. I mean, I, I want to tell you that because, you know, and so when people do call um, because they're unhappy or they're thinking of leaving or that kind of thing, we really try to re-engage them and say, okay, what, what's going on? You know, how can we help you? Can we get you back in the club? Can we try some different things? And um, uh, most of the people that, that decide to leave us, we actually want to leave us. Um, so that's not a bad thing. Um, and, and then the other people that leave are really people who are older and just are really struggling to be here and um, and we're not the facility for them because it's just busy and moving and it's almost dangerous for them to be here and they're moving into assisted living. So, um, yeah, and I love that, you know, every life has a story. And I love, I've been taking notes on everything y'all have been saying. Um, and, uh, you know, that value you were saying, Jacob, of uh, that every every interaction, you know, has a purpose. And really being thoughtful and deliberate. You you definitely um, model that behavior. Um, I, I, my sales managers have been here 30 years, some of them 25 years, 30, you know, they, I haven't lost them. I make work fun. We have a lot of fun at work. Um, we have a no button that we laugh at and you can press no button when somebody's really being awful and you can just press and it says no seven different ways. We have a button that is a, um, it's a 30 second dance party button. So when we were trying to get to a million dollars in one month in sales, so, cause we were having a price increase and that was our goal to get to a million. And every time they made a sale, they could, we had a 30 second dance party. We <laughs> did $1.4 million. It's the most I've ever done in my career in one month. And we danced, we had that 30, you know, second dance party but anyway people you know people don't want to leave and the members know the sap so they don't want to leave and you're just building this little city within this within Houston I mean within the fourth largest city I don't know we might be the third largest city now in the United States we have our own little city 
and um, just trying to um, achieve that. I'm gonna have to get one of those dance party buttons for our office. <laughs> party sure. I'll send well, you. We, oh, okay. <laughs> we are about out of time, so I want to give you all one last opportunity just to go around really quick and share one last piece of advice. Just if you only have one second to tell people how to engage new members, this is your opportunity. And Maria, we'll start with you. Well, I would say. Um, just get to know your members, talk to them, make connections, love them, help them, meet them where they are. And um, let's get more people moving, go out into your communities, create that connections outside of the four walls of your gyms. Jersey? You just stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Everything you just said, spot on. I would say the same exact thing. Just have fun live life and enjoy it to the fullest. Colleen? Um, one thing I've done in the whole time that I've been here is when I'm out in the um, club, um, I, after I have spoken to people, I come back to my desk and I write two notes um, to members and mail that to them. And I have my helpful staff kind of doing that um, because People don't write notes anymore. They don't send notes. They just send texts or emails. And you can't believe how much those notes mean to people. They're like, wow, you know, I got your letter thanking me for taking your step class every Tuesday. And 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 it just it just goes far. So that's my that's what I do. Awesome. Jacob. Um, you know, we kind of went on this new this new member journey idea about three years ago. Um, and truly, I think, you know, my my thing that I would want you guys to take away from what we've been talking about is really creating a dedicated plan of what encapsulates a member journey looking at when they walk in the door for the first time, looking at when they do a tour, when they, you know, want to get to a class or want to go try personal training or want to do any one of these things you know, really creating that program that that shows them the way through this. It's really, uh, you hear so many times, hey, I joined the gym and I went and had a free personal training session or I went and did, you know, this kind of thing. And, and those are the ways that we're trying to retain members. And um, and it's just not a one-stop shop. It's, uh, it's an opportunity for us uh, to really find an engagement point with them. Um, and, and also make sure that we're not pushing people down the journey that we want them to go down that we that truly is open to the idea of how they want to go through their journey so you know we talk oh we got to get people in personal training got to get people in all these things um you know we talk about engagements when we're going through the fitness consultation program um the number of the percentage of our members that are engaged in anything after that program that is our focus and that's from all the free programs to peloton workouts to nutrition consultations to anything that really is included in that um to make sure that it truly is open for people to go down uh, the journey that they want to go down, not just us trying to force them down the journey um, that we want them to go. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining me today. You all gave great advice and attendees. I hope you've learned something new because I've learned something. Um, and I hope you all just have a great rest of your day and get to work on all the things we just learned. So thank you all. Thank, thank you. you Taylor. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Everyone.